Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to be touching on bringing up weak body parts. So uh, the reason for the episode, pretty self-explanatory to help you bring up the body parts that are potentially lagging in your physique and know the, or what steps to take when doing so. So you don't, let's say, make the wrong decisions or changes when you're trying to bring up these muscle groups. Uh, because I do think a lot of people tackle the wrong areas they don't tackle what's most important first and they might jump in to do some superset they've seen some influencer do on tiktok or instagram whereas they might just need to tidy up their execution uh, and as a result they're kind of missing like they're they're just not really they're not changing what's going to give them those bang for their buck they're changing like minute details or things that won't give them much reward and obviously it makes sense to always start with ticking the boxes that are going to yield the most reward so first the first thing i'd look to like address if you are looking to bring up a lagging body part a weak body part is are you in a surplus sleeping well managing stress and training consistent basically are you in an appropriate spot to build muscle effectively because if you're in a dieting phase your sleep's horrible you're stressed then there's no point Oh, there's, there's still a point, obviously, targeting the muscle well, for example, but you're not going to be able to do so as effectively as, as you're purposely gaining weight. And the reason being is we build muscle best when we're in a steady surplus uh, or when we are gradually putting on weight. And the reason being is when we're in a steady surplus, we've got the available building blocks to grow, to put simple. We've got excess calories to build muscle tissue because it's much easier to re build muscle through excess calories then recomp and let's say lose body fat and build muscle at the same time that's going to be a much harder task and also when you take your body weight up you're a lot more stronger you're a lot more stable which is why like in powerlifting for example which is basically the sport where you have the squat bench and deadlift and you are like scored on your lifts basically there is weight classes because someone who's let's say 50 kilos are going to have a disadvantage to someone who's 80 kilograms because they've got more stability due to more body fat around their joints they've got a bit better leverage so you want to ideally take your body weight up in terms of how how much kind of getting out of the scope of what this episode is touching on but if you are starting from a lean point basically as much as you can without getting too fluffy and without getting negative feedback which means basically without getting signs to pull back for example if let's say you are bulking everything's going well you're not too fluffy you're enjoying it your digestion's good and just keep going simple as that and you don't want to go too far that you're giving yourself an absolute mission to take the body fat off but what i'd say is like maybe 10 to 15 kilograms 15 kilograms if you're if you're still lean and or if you're lean when you're starting and you look like you're in a decent body composition because in those early years you can get away with like putting a decent amount on and gaining faces because you've got a better ability to grow muscle so just be aware if you put on you'll have to take it off afterwards so first thing i'd look to address is exercise selection so if you're picking a poor exercise no matter how hard you try you probably won't target the right body part what i mean by that is no matter how hard you try and use good form if you're not picking the right tool for the job then it's going to be really hard to train the muscle effectively for example if you are using uh let's say you're trying to target your lats by doing a barbell roll 
when we're trying to target our lats, which is a muscle in our back, we want to have our upper arm close to our body, almost scraping like along the side of our body. We want to drive our elbow nice and low towards the hip. And this will put us in a good position to target the lat. We want to keep our rib our rib cage stacked over our pelvis. Or in other words, we want to crunch our core slightly and not have a big arch and flare our ribs. And to do so, we want to ideally have our palm facing in or up because if you face your palm down, for example, if you just sit and you face your palm down towards the ground, look what your elbow does. You don't need to lift a weight to do this. You see your elbow rotates outwards. As a result, that's not that's not going to be a good grip to target the lats. So if you're trying to target your lats with, let's say, a barbell bent over row, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot from the get-go. You've not got much hope to target your lats if you're using that movement. So you want to pick the right movement for the job. And this is why I've put exercise selection first, because regardless how hard you try to have good form, if you're picking the wrong exercises, then you're not going to target that muscle effectively regardless if you know how to target it if you're trying your best to like if you're another example is if let's say you're trying to target your hamstrings when you're training when you're doing legs and you're doing squats with or you're doing something that i've heard people say is to target your hamstrings when you're doing the leg press you put your feet high up on the leg press that's not really going to target your hamstring the reason being is our hamstrings are a biarticular joint Basically, our hamstring attaches below the knee and attaches above the hip. So if two joints are moving, then it's not actually changing length. It's not stretching and shortening. It's just basically things are moving, but your hamstring's not changing length. And as well as that, your hamstring's role is to basically bend at the knee. So the opposite of what the leg press is forcing us to do. The leg press is forcing us to extend the knee, for so we're not going to be using our hamstring. If we are using our hamstring excessively, if we squeeze our hamstring, if you squeeze your hamstring as hard as you can, your leg actually bends. So, kind of the opposite of what happens during the leg press. So, enough of that tangent. Next up is exercise execution. So once you've picked the right exercises for the job, next is making sure you're executing the exercise correctly. Because, like I said, it's hard to execute exercise of exercises effectively if you've not got the right exercise to do so. And in terms of, like, a quick example, so when I was talking about the lats, you want either a neutral grip, so your palm facing in or up slightly. You want to ideally drive your elbow towards your hip. What's a good opportunity to do so? Something like a single arm pull down, which is really popular at the minute. So that would be a better opportunity to do so because it's easy to drag your elbow to your hip because you're already going from a high to low motion. You can face your palm in and up slightly because the D-handle on the cable machine is free moving. So you can basically move it wherever it suits you. You've also got the ability to, the, the cable goes where you basically pull it. So you've got the opportunity to drive your elbow into your hip. You're not forced, you're not into a machine that, Let's say the handles travel out when you're trying to drive your elbow in. You've basically got free reins to pull the cable and do what you want with the cable. And another example of what you might want to do if you're doing a lat pull down is keeping your shoulder depressed, which is away from your ear. So we target our lat effectively. And just with like targeting any weak muscle group with our execution, it's good to have good tempo and control. So 
with my lap, for example, I like just to have a pause in both ranges. I don't need to spend a good three or five seconds there, but I like to at least pause it in each part of the movement. So at the top and the bottom. Reason being is if you're trying to target your lap and you're just kind of like throwing it down, moving your body and uh, like you're not really controlling it at the top, you're not pausing at the top. It's going to be extremely hard to keep the weight on that muscle, especially if it's a muscle you struggle to target because you're not really going to get away with doing so. So what is valuable to be aware of is how to target each muscle and how to train it effectively so that you can obviously execute your movements effectively. I have got episodes on it if you scroll down on like training your back, uh, training the hamstrings, quads, chest, etc. And I might go over something similar just because it would be a good segue from this episode onwards. And something else to consider, I kind of touched on this, but are other body parts still? Are you keeping your torso still while doing a pull down? Are you, let's say, moving your hips and your back excessively when doing a hamstring curl? Are you maybe throwing your body about during a lateral raise or a dumbbell curl? If so, if something's moving, that's going to take away from your ability to target the desired muscle. We ideally want to keep everything else still. Because if it's not helping you target it, then what's the point of it moving? There's not much point at all. So make sure you're keeping your other body parts still during movements so that we are definitely targeting the right musculature. And in terms of my next thing I want to touch on, it's effort. So the above is before effort because training the wrong body part harder won't help you grow it. And what I mean by that is if you're doing a movement, let's say you're doing like a a back movement and you're trying to target your lats, but you're executing a movement and you're picking movements that do not target your lats well at all. It's barely using your lats. Your other musculature in your back's doing the work. Then if you train extremely hard, your upper back and your other musculature will still be doing the work. So it doesn't matter how hard you train, you're still not going to target your lats effectively. You can't just train and once you reach a certain training effort, your lats aren't going to really get involved all of a sudden. Yes, obviously, if you train to failure, you might you might recruit some more muscle fibers in your lat. You might basically use your lat a bit more than if you don't train to failure because your mus- because your back's basically trying to recruit everything it has to help you move that weight. But saying that, you're not going to do so to a great extent. So only after using the right muscle will effort help. And this is why I think... Uh, people go wrong is they try and like put things like high intensity techniques in your in their plan whereas like what they're doing in terms of effort or amount of sets isn't an issue it's the way they're performing their movements and i think that is quite common like i rarely if you've unless you've got a really odd or weird split i rarely look at someone's split and be like oh you're just not doing nearly enough work for that body part it's usually a case of effort it's usually a case of execution being in a poor spot and a lack of control during their movements before being anything else. But if all that is ticked off, if you've addressed your exercise selection, execution, effort, then what you can look at is frequency. So if you're training, let's say, your weak body part once a week, then why not train it two or three times a week? Studies actually indicate that it's a bit better for muscle growth. We obviously need to recover in between sessions, so we won't want to, let's say, do do arms on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, but we can do arms Monday, Wednesday and then Friday or Monday, Wednesday and Saturday, something like that, if your arms are weak body part. 
So make sure you are thinking about can you train that muscle group more frequent. Uh, on paper, I'd say doing let's say an upper lower split is going to be better than doing like chest, back, legs, arms, shoulders, triceps. If you do upper lower, upper lower, upper or something like that throughout the week, then that means you can train your upper body all the musculature three times a week. So you can stimulate everything to grow, rest and recover, stimulate everything to grow again, rest and then repeat that. So you can stimulate everything three times. So for example, if you take one of your lifts, let's say, applies to every lift really, but let's say the barbell bench press. If you are currently doing, I'll just make it a nice round number for a good example. If you're doing 100 for five, and then next time you get 100 for six, then the next session you get 100 for seven, next session you get 100 for eight. So you've got three opportunities to progress on that. Whereas if you only barbell bench press once a week, then you'll get 100 for six week after 100 for 7, week after 100 for 8, so you will progress your lift at such a slower rate because you're not doing it as frequently, you're not training that muscle group as frequently, giving it as much opportunities to grow and progress your lifts. Next up, I'd consider exercise order. So basically the closer uh, exercises to the start of our session is when we're going to have the most physical and mental energy. So if you have, let's say, a week, let's say your calves are weak and you're training them, after doing all of your leg day, you're pretty toast by the end of it. You're probably not going to be able to get as much quality work in, perform as well, and get, yeah, just get as much out of your calf work than if, let's say, you've done it at the start of the session. And if you are putting exercises at the start of the session or changing your order, something to consider is, will it take away from your future movements? For example, if your calves are weak, then that's completely fine putting it at the start of the session. If your quads are weak and you're doing, let's say, a double drop set of walking lunges with like weight and then obviously dropping to body weight and doing that to failure, then I'd probably say, why don't you do leg extensions first and then the double drop set later? Because I think like leg extensions are going to take away less from your performance. Or for example, if you're doing, if you're training back and your lats are weak body part, then don't start with deadlifts or rack pulls. To be fair, I'd never really do rack pulls. I think they're quite a rubbish exercise, but I wouldn't start with deadlifts because your lats are a weak body part and you're not using them much during a deadlift. And in terms of split design, so again, you can factor that in. That kind of ties into exercise order, but what does the overall split look like throughout the week? For example, if your legs are a weak body part, you could potentially do a leg push-pull rest, leg then upper split instead of let's say doing push pull legs then upper lower you could basically reverse it so you always hit your legs right after a rest day where you've got the least fatigue and best ability to perform <clears throat> so that's a potential idea and that's basically running a specialization block you could say or making sure you're training specialized to your needs in terms of your split because if you are let's say your legs are weak and you're training them let's say after training for two other sessions without rest day, then you will be a bit more fatigued and your performance will be poorer. Obviously, the caveat to this is you don't want to put other muscle groups on the back burner. So it's a case of kind of balancing everything effectively and making sure everything's got appropriate work to an extent. There might come a time, if you are, if you've been training for three years or less, I'd say, you don't really need to consider this at all, but there might be a time where you need to do like a specialization block uh, where you might need to let's say do less 
do less work for your lower body if your upper body is a really big weakness or if you've got like a really strong chest then instead of training your chest two times a week you could only train it once a week and you can train your back an additional time that week if your back's a really weak body part because when we get to a certain level in terms of our experience our strength and our ability to train hard everything accumulates fatigue so if we're wasting our recovery capabilities on a body part that's already extremely strong then not only will we not have a balanced physique but we'll also struggle to recover and grow the other body parts because they're not getting adequate attention they don't get the attention they need and maybe the amount of work they need to grow at an appropriate rate to catch up because you've not got enough recovery capability so you might need to let's say back down on doing one thing to do more of another a good analogy is your recovery capabilities is like a glass if the glass is full of water then you can't just add more water to the glass and what that basically means is if you're already doing a ton of work for each body part you can't do more and just get away with it you need to take work away from somewhere you need to take water out of the glass to be able to fill it up again with maybe attention for another body part so you need to you need to maybe back down on training one muscle group to bring up another and again this isn't really necessary for someone who's been training for a year or two this is if you're a bit more advanced but it's something to be mindful of down the road so if you are let's say not that advanced and what i do instead is just focus on hitting big body parts in a split where you're focusing on hitting everything frequently which could be an upper lower upper then you could rest and put like or sorry you could be upper lower than rest and it could be upper lower upper rest and then repeat that or it could be upper lower than arm day rest then upper lower rest or it could be push pull legs rest upper lower rest uh, but just something where you're hitting muscle groups pretty frequently after doing that what i'd maybe look at is high intensity techniques so if you can recover from them and usually what i mean by that is if your legs are sore going into the next leg day then don't add these in you you arguably have to do less if they are still sore going into the next session because that's going to potentially lead to higher injury risk performance can be poorer and you're not recovering so you can't build more muscle because when it comes to building muscle we need to repair the muscle damage we've been or we've experienced before building muscle tissue on top of that and what i mean by that is if let's say you have a hurricanes game it's knocked your house down the bricks are everywhere you can't build an extension before the house is built you need to or you can't put the roof on before you've built the structure you can't you can add decorations or you can maybe put stuff about the house if the house is in bits and it's not standing and it's not got the structure it needs to just stay stay up you need to focus on the structure the foundations before then considering everything else so yeah in terms of high intensity techniques high intensity techniques are things like rest pause sets supersets and uh, things like partial reps and I'm not sure if I've said drop sets, but if not drop sets, if I have, apologies for repeating myself. And high intensity techniques are just basically an opportunity to get more work done in a shorter period of time because you can only get so much work done in a period of time. Unless you want to spend like four hours in the gym, if you do, be my guest, but not everyone does. So high intensity techniques is a good way to get a lot of work done in a short period of time and also accumulate a bit more metabolic stress or blood flow which is a potential mechanism that causes muscle growth which is basically when you get a pump that can 
basically signal things that promote muscle growth, which is why it's beneficial. So yeah, high intensity techniques, some are better fitting than others in some muscle groups, for example, or some exercises. And what I mean by that is for squats, I wouldn't really perform partial reps on barbell back squats because you'll probably hurt yourself if you fail the set and then start doing partials at the bottom. It's probably not going to go well. Uh, whereas you can do partials on a leg extension after you failed at the top and just grind out some more reps. Same applies for like dumbbell lateral races. That's a great time to do partials because it's really hard at the top and really easy at the bottom. So when we fail at the top, we've still got more oomph in our delt. We've still got more to give at the bottom. We've still got a better ability to, or we've still got more in the tank, simple as that. And next up, you could potentially do like supersets during arm work because it's not that demanding in terms of your fitness. So you're not like gassed and fatigued after a set of bicep curls, you're not gassed physically and mentally. So you can do a set of tricep extensions and probably get away with it and still get quality work done for each body part, if that makes sense. So yeah, like I said, if you're pretty new to training, what I'd focus on is more doing a lot of big movements as frequently as you can, training as hard as you possibly can before thinking about doing high intensity techniques. Because sometimes I see people do, let's say, they're adding in, let's say, drop sets or partial reps or that, but they've not actually trained to failure on that set they've done. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't you maximize how much sets you're currently doing before adding more? Because when you add in more, you will unconsciously hold back on that set. So you want to make sure you're emptying the tank, absolutely burying yourself before you even think about adding another. Can you, like, before adding something or changing something, always think could i get more out of what i'm currently doing same with when you're making nutritional changes actually it applies there too it's like it's like if you're struggling to stick to your diet you've went over your calories for five days out of the week and you and you go to assess things and you're like oh i think i need a calorie adjustment i think i need to lower my calories you don't you need to stick to things you need to make the most of what you're currently doing the same applies with training make sure you're nailing everything before adding more or changing things uh, and that applies like if you're not consistent with your split, then you don't need to, let's say, change your. You don't you you don't need to change the exercise you're doing unless it's for enjoyment to help you stick to it. You need to change your consistency. You need to improve that. Uh, so hope everyone enjoyed. If you did, please feel free to like, share, subscribe, share it on your story. Give me a tag. I appreciate everyone's support as always, and hope everyone has a great weekend or day whenever they're watching this.